Hey guys. Hey guys. Welcome back to Living Life Legit. Amber and Kendall. Amber and Kendall. For another week of talking about the offensive game. And your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's right. So what are we going to talk about today? We're continuing on with our kind of read of Beth Guckenberger's book. Or Guckenberger. We're, we're not sure. Throw the first punch. If you guys have gotten it, I hope you're enjoying reading it. If not, we highly encourage you. Get it. At the same time, don't feel pressured because maybe you're not a reader and that's okay. That's okay. That is okay. I, wow, I'm really surprised to hear that come out of Amber's mouth. I hear Kendall. I could just see her looking at me like, did you just say that? So I'm trying not to be judgmental. Not everybody's a reader. I get it. Actually, I don't get it. But it's funny. But one of her chapters is how Satan wants us to be oblivious, which he absolutely wants you to be oblivious. I mean, of course he does. Knowledge is power. If you ever watched Schoolhouse Rock. knowledge knowledge is power guys so if we remain oblivious to his pursuits then we're not combating him we are essentially laying down on the i mean we're as christians the word you know the light of god is supposed to shine through us and if we're oblivious or close our eyes intentionally or what have you to the evils and tricks that satan is using we're essentially laying down on the front lines and just letting them walk all over us. Right. We're not even putting up a fight. No. And he surely doesn't want you aware of the evil work that he's doing in your very own life, let alone anybody else's life. Like, I think everybody just needs to remember he wants to cause division from God. Mm-hmm. That's his main goal is to keep you from God. He doesn't want you to know the truth because no. he's deceitful. The father of lies. And God is the truth. And he's the most professional liar that there ever will be. He's been lying since the beginning of time, and he's very good at it. And he has this way of making the world sound appetizing. Like all the all the evils, all the things that are going on around us right now. And he has a way of making them sound appetizing. Like we talked about, you know, cults. And I mean, in my head, I'm thinking, how can anybody fall prey to that? But in the same sense, I could see where somebody would when you're lost and you're looking for God. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know God's word and you don't know the truth, it's very easy to be swayed into believing something different. And he he makes it to where you can swallow his lies and you're not, you don't even know it. And he only needs, I mean, we say all the time, he only needs the tiniest, but he needs a crack in the door, crack in the window. He doesn't need you to throw it wide open. He just needs the smallest crack. And again, I know I'm comparing it to food, but he makes it sound palatable. He needs it to sound palatable because if he doesn't make it sound to where, because we We've said before in previous episodes as well that he doesn't create anything. The only creator is God. He takes what God has created and he twists it and he perverses it and makes it evil. Right. So especially when it comes to religion and Kendall and I have had discussions about this before. I don't consider myself religious. I don't particularly care for religion, quote unquote. I say I'm spiritual. I'm a God follower, God believer, and I believe in his word. religion. We can do a whole separate episode on. We really can. My feelings about about, religion. Yeah, but that's where I mean. Think about the Roman Catholic Church. There's a lot going on sometimes in the Roman Catholic Church that you're believed that it's the the Pharisees of Jesus's day. Mm -hmm. I just it's easy to fall prey to that, and so if you're oblivious to what's going on around you, and you're oblivious to the truth, and it's it's your easy pickings for Satan, basically. Right. Like Second Corinthians two eleven, so that we may not be taken advantage of by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his schemes. Constant vigilance <laughs> must be vigilant. That's right. 
Because God, in contrast, wants us to stay vigilant. Yes. Like, as opposed to being oblivious, we need to constantly remain alert. I tell my 19-year-old daughter constantly, situational awareness and keep your head on a swivel. We'll even look at when Jesus went to pray in the Garden of Gethsemane. All he wanted them to do was stay awake and keep watch. He's like, can you guys just do me? Can you just stay awake for a leg? Just by I pray. And Peter, you know. Poor guy. Again, God bless him. Tempted by that sleep. I've, I've been there. I'm there daily, you oh, guys. Yeah. It's like 730. I'm sitting on the couch. I'm like, girl, don't you dare close your eyes. And then. Sure enough. Here comes, here comes Satan. It's like, doesn't that sound really good to just. Same thing about if you're the type of person who likes having. Because I'm the type of person I like to have my alone time with God in the morning. I feel like it mm-hmm. sets the mood for the day. Yes. And a lot of the times I miss it because Satan comes in. He's like, you know what? You're really tired. <laughs> you should just sleep in for like another 15 minutes. And then, you know, what's interesting enough is that I'm like, oh, I'm so busy. I just, I'm so busy. I'm so tired. I don't have time for for my quiet time. But then I wake up at like three o'clock in the morning. I can't go to sleep. And then there's Jesus go, or there's God like, hey, you know what we could do right mm-hmm. now? We could just lay in bed and chit chat with each other. Yep. So I, I'm fully aware of those tricks. So talking about First Peter and his inability to keep his eyes open. First <laughs> hmm. Peter 5, 8 through 10. Be sober, be of sober spirit, be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. But resist him firm in your faith, knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world. After you have suffered for a little while, the God of grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. And we're telling, I mean, we're not by any means saying to the to resist temptation is easy. We all, I mean, if it was easy, then I think Satan would have given up a long time ago. Right. I think the, to, the urge to resist temptation is a ton harder than giving into it, for sure. And that's why keeping that solid relationship, I always feel stronger, in my opinion, when I do have that relationship time with God. Like, I feel stronger in that faith. I feel more aware of maybe what's going on in my life. And not funny enough, I don't want to say it like that, but it's interesting that things will start to happen in my life. And it's almost a wake-up call for me because I'll I'll just, I'll have a bad week. Or, I mean, it will be just something one day after another. And then I'll have to, and I have enough awareness in my relationship with God to know. "Hmm." Or sometimes I've even called Kindle and she'll remind me. And I'm like, I've just had a really bad week. And she'll say, when's the last time you talked to God? Or, you know, had your quiet time with God? was the last time we were in the Bible. And immediately I'm held accountable because I'm like, well, probably about the time all this started. So it's interesting a way that if you were attuned to God, that he has this way, he'll bring you back Mm -hmm. in. He's always there. Just like when people say, you know, have you found Jesus? My favorite line out of the Forrest Gump movie. I didn't know I was supposed to be looking for him (laughs) because Jesus, Jesus is never lost. You may be lost, but Jesus is never lost. Right. So kind of going along with the temptation, too, and resisting that is that Beth even says in her book that we are to be sensitive. Oh, it's Beth now? You guys are best friends? Yeah, I'm pulling an amber. <laughs> she tells us that we need to be sensitive on how much of the world that we are swallowing, enough to be conversant with others, but not so much that we get used to the taste of it. So it kind of makes you wonder, what sin are we compromising with in our lives? And I'm a firm believer, to Kendall's point, of where Beth says we need to be we need to know enough to be conversant with others. A great example of I'm a firm believer of you need to know your enemy. If yes. you don't know your enemy, you're oblivious to your enemy. How are you going to fight your enemy? Yep. 
And a big story that I can think of that leads me to that is we, back in the early 2000s, anybody who knows me knows I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. Do I believe in, do, do I practice or worship Satanism or witchcraft? No. To me, it's a fantasy story. It's make-believe. It's it's a book. But remember, if you guys remember, you know, 23 years ago, 25 years ago when this book originally, when the series started, it had a huge, I mean, book bam, book burnings, Christians were all out, you know, this is the devil's work. And I was listening to a podcast where the um, podcaster was interviewing J.K. Rowling and just heard some of the interviews back from, you know, the late 90s, early 2000s. People were like, well, you know, it was, uh, it's teaching kids to worship Satan. And points would be made to Christians of, well, have you read the book? Right. And I mean, we have a family member that would not let his daughter read the book. He's Mm -hmm. like, well, it's just, it's the devil's work. It's this and that. And I'm like, well, I mean, have you ever read it? And he goes, no, I won't ever let her. I'm like, well, then how do you know what it was said in the book? Because I had read all of the books and said it actually teaches you very Christian morals the same way if you were to look at the Chronicles of Narnia, Mm -hmm. where it teaches you moral values. I mean, there are a lot of Christian undertones in the book, and J.K. Rowling herself is Christian. So that's one of the ones, too, where people kind of tell you sometimes, well, I won't do that because of this. And I'm like, well, and I think a lot of people, when I tell them, well, you know, I've read that or or something like that, they immediately come back with, well, then you're you're just giving more power to it. No, I'm knowing my enemy. Same thing of reading banned books, things of that nature. And we talked again about kind of there being a difference because there is that thin line. I mean, we talked about the entertainment industry mm-hmm. and movies and things like that. And I can watch a, a thriller. I mean, I love thriller books. I just finished two of them this week. I, I love thriller books, love true crime. But we get into, again, where are we compromising? Right. And so I know there's things that I won't watch because even though I might not have seen it, like I've told you before that Evil Dead Will Rise movie mm-hmm. came out recently. The trailer alone terrified me that I said, eh, it's not for me. But then again, I'm not conversant enough in it because I haven't opened that door that the only thing I could say to somebody in response to it, if they were to ask me, is, eh, the trailer scared me. I'm just, I'm not about it. My thing with that, though, is I feel like when it comes to things that are truly demonic, like that movie, mm-hmm. like those are things that are real blatant in your face. Like the mm-hmm. movies that I watched in those three years that I discussed in the last episode were awful i couldn't imagine watching them today to where Uh i am thankful that god for the most part has blocked out those movies that house of a thousand corpses 13 ghosts it does very much scare me that there are people out in the world that a come up with that stuff in their Mm -hmm. head and then b have there's people out there that that follow it love it yes because it's you know and that's i don't need to watch those to be conversant enough to be like that's demonic and you probably shouldn't be watching it the new exorcist movie coming out i'm just not i mean the thing is i'm strong enough in my faith that like i i'll watch scary movies or and to me there's a difference between a scary movie and a gory movie yeah So I like thrill movies, scary movies, you know, jump scares, things like that, because to me, it's it's make-believe. I can go and watch one of the things I loved on Netflix, The Haunting of Hill House, that Mm, that series. Loved it because it was creepy scary. I don't like any Rob Zombie movie. It's gory. It's, it's, yeah. that one will mess with your mind. Well, for me, I just don't, I'm not in a place where I even want to entertain it. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to watch it. If I get skeeved out within like the first few minutes, I won't watch it anymore. Um, I mean, we even thinking about the uh, Stranger Things. 
Mm-hmm. I refuse to watch Stranger Things in my house, but I still watched the last season, but I won't watch the next one. Are you scared of the Upside Down? No. Hell. You think the Upside Down is hell? I do. But my point to saying that is is that I've watched the first three or four seasons of that show, but I will not watch the next one because for me, it is becoming too demonic. Oh, yeah, I guess he did. See, I'm just, it's, and not that you're not strong, but I, that's what I, you know, like with my daughter, mm-hmm. I mean, she's. She read, I read all seven Harry Potter books to her by the time she was five. Right. And it hasn't changed her. It hasn't made her into a witch or want to, you know, worship Satan. No. And I think it's happening. But she also has a healthy relationship with God. I, and I don't, when I walk away from these things, because again, I'm in, I'm in the quandary. Am I compromising myself? Because I don't feel, though, after, say, a thriller book that I've read, that I am changed by it. Right. And I think it's all about how much you let the world in and it let it change you well i even had a friend of mine for example won't watch any harry potter movies past i think like the fourth or fifth one because she said it gets too dark for her but then again so it starts dealing with it does but for me that movie is not is not straight up demonic no so that's where it's like Yes, it's witches and things like that, but we've even talked about Harry Potter in the sense of comparing characters to biblical mm-hmm. characters, God and Jesus. and. But then it's also interesting to note when it comes to like books like that, like Harry Potter, that the same group of people don't have a problem with reading fairy tales or mm-hmm. watching Disney movies or it's all make-believe. Well, a fairy the godmother who can turn yeah. a pumpkin into a carriage. Like, that's that's technically witchcraft. Mike, mice that can talk. Not mics. I, no <laughs> offense to anybody named Mike. Mice <laughs> that can talk? Come on. Listen. Just, so it is. It's it's funny. That all men are, are princes? Come on. What are we teaching our children? Or that, you know, true love's first kiss that some random man's going to kiss you dead of sleep in the middle of that, the forest. Basically, you're instilling no stranger danger. To your children. Like, any man that comes up to him is like, oh, my gosh, I'm a prince and I have a castle. Do you want to run away? Right. But come on. Uh, Well, we talked last one about music being, like, being oblivious to the entertainment industry. Mm -hmm. Like, we talked definitely about movies. We think movies are, because, again, I tell you, I'm struggling with, am I compromised because... I mean, a big one right now, we're we're on our last week of September. We're about to enter into Halloween, Mm -hmm. and I love spooky season halloween is a very controversial topic it's very for controversial and i love october i love mm-hmm. november and i love december the fourth quarter of the year is like my jam well and i will say that one of the things that beth does say in her book is she shares a story where she is talking on a show and this guy calls in and he says that he uses halloween basically as an opportunity to talk with his community mm-hmm so he may not be like practicing or dressing up or anything like that, but he's using that as an opportunity to talk with people, have them come up, comment, and be like, oh, yeah, here this is. And maybe even have a chance to talk about God at some point in time during those conversations. So I think having that outlook on it, too, is great. But then again, are we compromising? Because, mm-hmm. you know, people say that that's not the time that you should you shouldn't be celebrating. You shouldn't be dressing up. You shouldn't be partaking because it's evil. So that is an that, interesting one. And that's an interesting one, too, because I don't think, like like I said, you know, watching scary movies or having a Halloween party where we all dress up, I don't feel changed by it. I don't feel altered in any way. And I know some people might argue mm-hmm. with that and say you might be altered and you don't know it. But I feel in my soul with my relationship with God that I, I don't love him any less. Right. And I'm not out drawing pentagrams and doing crazy things i can't even draw the star david let alone a pentagram so come on guys 
So it is Halloween is a very interesting one. So I would be really interesting to hear um, what our listeners take on Halloween is and how they feel about that and whether they think that it's mm-hmm. a compromise or whether they think that there's not an issue with celebrating Halloween. And I do think which I've you know, I've made comments where I, I feel I've made comments and not I'm again, not in a mean sort of way, but the f- church has really taken on, I think, the you have the fall festivals. Right. And I mean, while I love them because kids are safe, I almost miss sometimes, you know, we moved into a new neighborhood last year. So October was kind of our first month in the new house. I got all excited. Like, let's go sit outside and see all the cute little kids come. And I got two kids, guys. It just so it kind of makes me sad because I think there's there's a level of fun in certain things. And and it could be the fact that you know, I'm an avid reader. So yeah. I love stories. I love imagination. I love when kids have an imagination. Like, kids don't play anymore. No. Like, can you remember when we were kids? Like, we had to make up our own stories about things and put on, like, our own plays and stuff like that because we didn't have what we – I mean, kids now, they're only ever on devices. Right. And so I like the imagination aspect. I feel like you're only a kid for so long. And so it's fun to have that fantastical aspect. But it also – as parents, you have to stay vigilant and make sure that you are instilling all those Christian values in your child. Exactly. I mean, I had to do that with Riley. I mean, we never, with Riley, I mean, she dressed up all the time. Well, I told her until elementary and then after middle school, no more trick-or-treating. But um, that's one thing I instilled with her. It was never, and she's always very honest about asking questions. Like, she's not shy. So she, if she ever did have a question, and that's something I ask as parents you know in this community that if your child's asking you questions don't blow them off yeah like make sure you're answering your child's questions to the best of your ability if you can't answer the question for them find out well because if you blow them off they're going to go ask somebody else and you want to make sure that your your rootedness in christ is what's being portrayed to them with your answer Mm -hmm. to that so that they're not going out and seeking worldly answers worldly wisdom because they will get an answer from someone oh yeah and you want to make sure that it's the answer that God is compelling you to tell your child. Right. How God wants your child to live. Absolutely. Not anything less. I mean, this one's kind of a quick one for you guys. Because hmm. uh, I think, what is there really to say? I mean, it's it's definitely one that Kendall and I wanted to cover because I feel like whether intentionally or unintentionally in society right now, for a little while, because it, it seems like the world's turned upside down just in the last three yeah. years. I mean, we've gone from one extreme to the other in a very short amount of time. And I think especially in this cancel culture and everybody's so offended by every little thing that somebody says that Christians kind of maybe intentionally turned a blind eye. Maybe. And I feel like there's some certain things going on now that um, definitely are making Christians go, okay, this has definitely gone too far and now we need to say something. Right. Uh, did I tell you, too, my coworker told me there's a school district where she lives that, uh, which I, don't, I mean, I don't know how true it is, but I'm not, like, I wouldn't be super surprised, is that they have litter boxes in the classroom because there are two children in the classroom that identify as cats. That's, I really hope that's not true. So when she told me, I was like, you gotta be kidding. She goes, no, I'm not kidding. But the sad part of it was that I wasn't super surprised. So... <laughs> Well, it's like that thing that I shared. I shared something in my story on Instagram several weeks ago that was like, listen, if a dragon flew over my head right now, I would be surprised, but not surprised, surprised. Yeah. Because at this point in time, I wouldn't be shocked by anything, to be honest. Yeah. Like we we said in the last episode that 
Satan has made himself very present and he is no longer, he's got no point now where he's not behind the scenes anymore. He's full on out in the public eye. And so as Christians, as the light of the world, the burden falls on us. Right. The burden falls on us to make sure that we are shining God's light even brighter because, and I mean, I know a lot of people go back and forth this, but we're living in end times right now. There's, there's a lot of signs happening. And these are the, the end of times. And so it's the time for us as Christians to be ever more vigilant and to quit being oblivious, to open our eyes, to light that match and put that darkness or put the light into that darkness because it's it's happening. It is. It's happening right now. So Kendall's going to pose a question. <laughs> Sorry so, for that soapbox preacher <laughs> moment, but get ready, everybody. Be ready. We do need to be ready. So just the questions that I kind of liked at the end of this chapter were, how has the enemy infiltrated your entertainment choices? And where are you involved in a compromise right now? And I think for me, I think that would be the big thing is, um, I mean, I'm not so much, I wouldn't so much say for me, entertainment is the big one for me. I mean, I know I read a lot and um, I know, um, I mean, I wouldn't say music for me because as you guys heard, I'm now old and I listen to the same music and I literally on my Spotify, I have Whitney Houston at me. It's, it's all old music. Um, because I just don't, I can't stand the pop music of today. I honestly think a lot of it's trash. I've read the lyrics to Cardi B's WAP song mm-hmm. and um, almost could, I read those lyrics at the same time that people were coming out against Jason Aldean's Not a Tried in a Small Town song. Right. And I said, I, I couldn't see how we were accepting of the Cardi B. I mean, I mean Again, not surprised, but it made me extremely sad to know we were okay with the lyrics to that song, but we're not okay with the lyrics to Jason Aldean's song. Well, that's where I feel like people really need to pay attention to what the cancel culture is trying to cancel. Mm -hmm. That's another way that Christians need to be vigilant. Stop with the cancel culture. One of the things I love that my pastor says is he's like, we're not woke, we're awake. Right. Like, be awake, not woke. Do you know what the acronym woke stands for? Oh, gosh. I got to look it up again because I always forget. Weekly <clears throat> owls kill everything. No. Worldly organizations, kinetic energy. It stands for... <laughs> <laughs> Crap, I missed it. Willingly overlooking known evil. Why can't you remember that? I don't know. It's the first two. The known evil part's real easy, but it's always the W and the O that I can't ever remember. That's what it stands for. So we're not woke, we're awake. Awake. Just like we said in the Garden of Gethsemane. Just stay awake. <laughs> Jesus just is asking you to stay awake for a little bit. That's stay all awake he needs. And keep watch. And keep keep watch. That's a really good like verse to think about in kind of a, you know. What's the word we're being Metaf- vigilant? Being vigilant, but a metaphor kind of way. Like in at, in that verse, he's literally telling the disciples, stay awake and keep watch. But he's also telling you almost in a metaphorical way, y'all need to stay awake. Keep watch. Because the sheep are being eaten by wolves. That's right. And that's all we got for you today. <laughs> that is all we got. So if you would like to answer the questions that Beth Guckenberger Tell us about how your entertainment choices are being infiltrated by the enemy yes <laughs> and then if you're being compromised in any way we'd love to hear it 
Email us at livinglifelegit7 at gmail.com or proudly sneak into our DMs. No, just proudly march, not sneak. <laughs> uh, on Instagram at living underscore life underscore legit. Everybody have a great week. And remember, Jesus loves the center. Jesus loves the center. Bye. Bye.